This podcast is sponsored by Same Day STD Testing, the nation's number one STD STI testing company, offering fast, private, and confidential STI testing nationwide. You can speak to a counselor by calling 844-332-2461. Disclaimer, we will be discussing sex and sexuality. If you are under the age of 18, I would suggest you turn this podcast off now. Hello, hello, and welcome to the 12th episode of the Sexpectations podcast, where we talk all things sex. And today we have a special guest, Mrs. Molly Ames, sex educator specializing in the birds, bees, and beyond. Her conversations center around sexuality, orientation, experience, trauma, and gender identity. And um, today we are discussing tainted sexuality. So welcome, Molly. Thanks, Nikki. I'm so excited to be here. So please tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, So I have been working in the sexual health field for over a decade, which sounds crazy to even admit that. Um, But it's been really wonderful. Majority of my time has been, I'm a trained sex therapist. So I've worked with primarily adolescents and women who had experienced um, some kind of sexual trauma. And now I am transitioning more into a sexuality educator role and one-on-one wellness consulting. And I'm really about education and empowerment. I believe that talking about sex is going to change the world. Oh my God. (laughs) I love that because I believe the same thing. (laughs) Yeah, it's incredible. And I think we do a real disservice by not talking more openly about it and, you know, really getting away from all of the shame-filled vocabulary surrounding sexuality. Yeah, I feel like sexuality is our birthright. We come into the world as sexual, spiritual beings all at the same time. Yes. And it's okay to be both. Absolutely. It's okay. 100%. (laughs) So so the stakes are quite high in public debates around sexuality nowadays, and the flashpoints in contemporary culture are obvious. Um, Same-sex marriage and family values, sex slaves and pornography, LGBTQ identities and gender equality, abortion and pedophilia in the Catholic Church. I mean, the stakes have always been high throughout human history and the regulation of sexuality as well as its celebration, its moral meanings and the boundaries separating norms from transgressions are religious matters through and through. So um, there are so many different aspects to sexuality. I personally feel that, you know, the Me Too movement and everything else being so in your face you know, in the media is opening up the door for us to discuss sexuality shamelessly. So why do some people see sexuality, in your opinion, why do some people see sexuality as an obstacle to, you know, spiritual fulfillment and some see it as a vehicle for true spiritual liberation? Yeah, this is a really, really great question. I think before we can even talk about any of this, we really need to define what sexuality is. Um, And one of the ways how I define it is through these five circles. We have sensuality, which is our awareness and acceptance of our bodies. We have intimacy, the ability and need for that human connection and partnership um, and have that return, that emotional closeness. Sexual identity, which really is just how we perceive ourselves and others um, in terms of our biological sex, our gender orientation. Um, Sexual health and reproduction, 
Uh, so when we talk about that part of sexuality, we're talking about our anatomy, actual intercourse, uh, what are contraceptives that we're using for protection and infections and diseases. And then lastly, we talk about the sexualization, um, and that is using sexuality to influence, control, manipulate others. We, under this sphere, we talk to our kids about flirting and media messages. Um, sexual harassment is under here. So when we look at sexuality, I think a lot of people get really hung up on sex and are forgetting what the duality is. <laughs> um, and sex is also so much more than just penetration. Mm -hmm. I work with a lot of parents and I love talking about this with them because um, they say, oh, well, I can't talk to my kids about sex because they're so little and we're not talking about penises and vaginas. And I'm like, yes, yes, we are. Oh, we yes. have to talk about these things. Yeah. We have to normalize it. Um, and this is a really easy way, I think, of breaking that down. Um, and all of these spheres of our sexuality, if you will, they're all influenced by our values by our family of origin, yeah. our culture, and our religion. Yeah. And how that, so when we talk about this, I like to think about this as you're going to have your sexuality lens as you perceive the world, and you're going to have your religious spirituality lens. Mm -hmm. They have to be distinctly separate, yeah. and then we can understand how they work together. Okay. If that makes sense. <laughs> no, that's, that makes total sense. So, you know, those worldviews, those separate worldviews of the spiritual worldview and then the sexuality worldview, and sometimes the spiritual worldview has tainted the sexual worldview so much, you're not able to have that fulfilling, you yeah. know, sex life. Absolutely. I think that's another important aspect to at least acknowledge is that there are individuals um, who are very religious and spiritual who have wonderful, very healthy sex lives, mm -hmm. who are totally embraced sex positive parenting, who are doing the right things through that sexuality and religious lens. So it's not everybody, but... And that's good to know. That's good to know because, see, I come from a background where I am totally cut off from religion period mm -hmm. like I don't do it I don't see it I don't know it I don't really know any anyone anybody yeah. that's really religious so when I think about religion I totally think of tainted you know I think of this distorted view this distorted world and so to know that there are religious individuals out there that do live very happy you know, safe sex yeah. lives, you fulfilling. know, fulfilling, <laughs> there we go, fulfilling sex lives, half fulfilling sex lives, um, along with, you know, loving whatever religion that they love, mm -hmm. that's good to know. Absolutely. Um, but there is the other side of it. And I think, you know, one of the things that religion has certainly provided and what I've experienced with my clients and the people who I work with um, is that we have purity culture because of religion. We have abstinence-only sex education, mm -hmm. which is not great. It's not good. No. Um, it doesn't totally help. Realistic. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. not helping our youth at all. And those are things that were drawn from morals, values mm -hmm. that the church at some point or whatever religious text you're going off of um, has put into place. So. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, um, so I understand that. So who are the authorities on sexuality and who has the power to enforce rules about it? <laughs> Which is kind of a funny question. Yeah. Like who are these people that make up all of these 
you know. Well, the reality is that you, you are the person who gets to make up all of the rules for your own sexuality and yeah. how you want to identify, behave, express yourself. It's all you. Mm-hmm. It's not meant to be based on some book big, or text. Or, yeah, or this big jumbo. Like, I think of it like as this big man, you know, controlling people. Yeah. Yeah, it's not that person. No, not at all. And mm-hmm. that's the one thing that I always love to tell my clients and people I work with is just that if you want to be better about this, if you want to own your sexuality, you're the one who's doing it. Yeah. It's no one else's job. You have and to take control. Absolutely. And I think mm-hmm. that is really hard sometimes within that religious context, particularly for women, because I think that a majority of us who grew up in a religious situation or household were taught that, you know, we are kind of second class, that it's not about us. It's about the man. And we certainly aren't going to talk about pleasure. We're not going to talk about masturbation. Um, and there are definitely some, I think... Uh, double standards that get portrayed Mm. so when you're so just again because I never lived this life I don't know it so so pleasure is just not for some in the religious world Mm -hmm. pleasure is just not to be talked about so is this in the book that they read this or is someone telling them the pleasure is not to be talked about or how does that work yeah so I am also just going to say that I am not a religious major at by any means um, my background is not in that but I grew up very religiously I consider myself to be spiritual um, and I think it's a very personal journey for everybody um, so I can speak about my own experience and other people who have kind of echoed similar sentiments. But for example, sex just was not talked about in my household. Mm-hmm. We, it was very shaming. It like just wasn't discussed. There really wasn't even nudity. Uh, we didn't really have a conversation about the birds and the bees. Um, it just really wasn't talked about. Mm-hmm. And if it was, I can have memories <laughs> of watching movies and if there was something sexual being told to close my eyes you know cover your ears Mm -hmm. don't hear these things and you know what does that do for a young person yeah those are all messages that we receive and get filtered to mean that it's shameful that it's not something we're supposed to be doing Mm -hmm. or being a part of yeah and it's so unfortunate because you know being a sexual health advocate and having all of these young kids you know around 17 18 call in um and want to test because they've had sex yeah you know they've done this shameful act and you can tell this is something that they don't want to talk to you about they don't want to give you any information they don't want to tell you who they had sex with if it was a boy or a girl they don't want to tell you where they did it how they did it when they did it because it's just been so um you know shush in the household absolutely I, what's that line from Mean Girls where the gym teacher is screaming oh you're gonna have sex and get chlamydia and die oh. <laughs> and you're just like what <laughs> really yeah and those are the that that was what we were taught I remember mm-hmm. even being in middle school and they had these um, individuals that had uh, STDs come and talk to us right so one of them had HIV one of them had um, herpes Another one had something else. But, I mean, this guy that had HIV, he was sweating bullets. And, like, he was this big guy that just looked like he was about to fall over. And, I mean, <laughs> the the image that was put in our minds at such a young age was just so negative. Yes. You know, and even, you know, when I want to say, what, 15 years ago when I was in middle school, 
maybe the technology and medicine hadn't advanced like it is now, mm -hmm. but still to have such an image, if you get any of these STDs, you're like, no, no, you know? And so I think all of that has really fucked with our minds. <laughs> 100%. I am in total agreement with you on that. Yeah. 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 So um, sexuality obviously is essential and fundamental and elemental in terms of biology and in terms of society. So how do you think religion has tainted the way we view and have sex, which I've kind of... <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's so beautiful. We yeah. just kind of touched upon it. And again, I think that it's really talking again about how through the religion we have abstinence only sex education mm -hmm. you know um and it has just yeah just the shame i i was just thinking of a client story of um you know how difficult it must be to grow up and not have any education surrounding it mm -hmm. to really even go through menstruation and puberty and to not really fully understand what's happening to your body yeah. or the importance of that mm -hmm. um and to be growing up with just no sexual health education at all and then you find yourself in your first relationship mm. how scary that's that's that is scary you know Very. and to not to be entering this mm -hmm. world of the unknown but yet there are so many pressures put on you mm -hmm. and um you know just from like the media messages of what sex should look like and what we see in television and the movies and or even your partner yeah your partner can be putting this this pressure on you to make sure you are doing it right or sucking it right or yes you know and yes. you're like I don't know yeah <laughs> and for a lot of the women who I work with who um, are spiritual they have lacked this kind of experience and knowledge and yet their partners are very skilled mm. and how scary to go into that situation yeah you know where is this right or wrong should I you know not even being able to have the language or understanding of how to say no to a partner mm. That's so unfortunate. So they're doing things that they don't really even want to do just to please their partner. For some, yes, mm -hmm. absolutely. And they just don't know how to how to express that. Or there's that fear, um, which I think is another thing that religion has taught us, is to be very fearful about mm -hmm. sex and sexuality. Mm -hmm. And what does that mean as a woman? Yeah. And I think that, you know, I read a lot in the Tao, about the Tao sexology and mm -hmm. things like that. And they give very valid points on why we shouldn't, you know, essentially, why a man shouldn't, um, you know, uh, nut, uh, if you will, <laughs> um, and why a woman should, you know, um, her menstrual should be shorter and things like that. Um, and I think the Bible also gives valid points on, okay, wait until marriage. And I think that it's all for the same reason. But I feel like the Bible essentially doesn't really give you tangibles or takeaways and say, you know, does this yeah. make sense? Yeah, well, absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Um, because from my understanding, you know, the, the Bible was written so long ago. It has gone through so many different uh, translations. And I think that vocabulary is something that we really need to take important stock in of the words that are used mm -hmm. because when things have been translated 500 times are you still getting really the same text right yeah who knows who knows <laughs> yeah and think about how many words have multiple definitions mm -hmm. that just you know people take what they want from it yeah. uh, so no I don't think the bible gives any kind of tangibles at all yeah. for anybody yeah like if this if I you know if I don't need to have sex because I need to you know restore and 
save my life for its energy, that's one thing. But if you're telling me just not to have sex because I'm going to be this terrible, awful person, <laughs> that's not fair. Yeah, it's know? not. So um, just, to, just to get that information, especially at a young age, I know, um, has to be torture for many. Um, so I know you work with women, which I know you've been talking about a lot of your clients mm-hmm. and things like that and particularly women of faith. Um, So what questions do they have for you? Or what questions um, do you ask them? Or what do they ask you? Yeah, totally. This is really great. And the first and foremost, I always, the first question is always, I'm here because of XYZ. Am I normal? Hmm. And I just want everybody to know that, yes, you are so normal mm-hmm. and you are so very unique and you are so beautiful. Yeah. And it is okay. Yeah. All right? The only time that something is not normal, if you are experiencing pain of any kind, that is pain with penetration, uh, pain with touching or fondling, pain is not normal. Mm-hmm. And so if that is what you are experiencing, you need to stop immediately. Yeah. Um, and call your OBGYN. Talk to your doctor about this. Pain is not normal. And hopefully you feel safe enough to do that. Mm -hmm. And you and your doctor can hopefully get involved with a pelvic floor specialist and really figure out what's happening for you. Um, But other than that, yeah, you're normal. (laughs) Sexuality and sex exists on a continuum. Uh Everything from vanilla to chocolate to mint chocolate chip. And to the is, different types of pussy. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And they're all normal. Yes. It doesn't have to be your thing, mm-hmm. but it can be somebody else's yeah, thing. Yeah, that's totally true. So I always really try to normalize the experience. And particularly for women, we just don't always talk about it. Yeah. Right? And I think particularly women of faith uh, don't necessarily talk openly with their girlfriends about what's happening with them sexually. And some lie about it. You know, I always tell them, if you have a friend who's telling you how much great sex she's having and how frequently, she's probably not. You should really talk about what's really happening there. <laughs> you know? Oh, that's um, funny. I, I, wouldn't have, I wouldn't have thought that. Yeah, it's just really interesting. The second thing I always try to say is that there is no magic pill to cure your sexuality or whatever is ailing you about your sexuality. Um, it takes hard work and vulnerability, Mm -hmm. but it's so worth it because the end results are increase in confidence and better connection and pleasure, and that's amazing. And so it's okay to be really scared and to say, hey, I don't think something's working quite right, or I want to be better. Um, It's okay to be that way. Yeah. And just know that, trust the process, because you're going to get there. It's a vulnerable state, Mm -hmm. but... It's a really beautiful, beautiful process. And as long as you're open and receptive to the information and learning. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And part of that is, particularly for women of faith, is you need to forget everything you were ever told about sex. Mm -hmm. Like, really try to come in here with an open mind. And because I'm going to tell you a lot of things that you're probably going to be like, what? No way. (laughs) I don't believe that at all. (laughs) Now, for those women that um, have had these very strong faith backgrounds Mm -hmm. and you're telling them, okay, time to unlearn all this stuff. What do they do with that? Do they just kind of set it to the side for a moment and then come back and pick it up a little later on? Or Yeah, that's a really great question. We process a lot of the things that are different. That they're like, oh, well, I was told X, Y, Z, or the message that I received about this was whatever. 
And it's a dual process of learning new information and also processing how that may have been different than what you were told. And how does that feel for you? Okay. Does it feel authentic? Does that feel like a safe space for you to be in and explore? Mm-hmm. And most, yeah, it is. Okay. They get there. Okay, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So what other questions do they have for you? Um, let's see here. Another one I get often asked is about stress. You know, I feel stressed. I can only have sex with my partner on certain days or at these certain times. And I just have so much stress that when it comes to it, I can't enjoy it. I just can't do it. Mm. Um, It might be painful. I just get dry. It's emotionally gone. What happens? And that is normal because stress kills your libido. Yeah. It's actually science. You can look that up. (laughs) There's great videos explaining it. Yeah. Um, But yeah, when you put so much stress on something, it just, we get into that basic fight or flight mentality and there's no room for arousal and desire in that. Yeah. Um, So it makes a lot of sense to me why you feel that your body shuts down in those moments. But there are a lot of different ways and things that you can do to overcome that. Um, mindfulness is a really fabulous technique um, that I have all of my clients work on and mindfulness is wonderful because you know John Kabat-Zinn really talks about how mindfulness is about being just totally aware of what's happening in the moment with a non-judgmental attitude you are remaining open-minded and curious about everything And if we are able to translate that into our sexual moment or a moment of intimacy, wow, that's like really powerful. Yeah. And that allows and creates a space for you to be able to communicate with your partner about your needs, wants, and desires and Mm -hmm. to be open-minded. And if you're having trouble connecting back to your body of being like, oh, well, I feel this on my arm. I am open and curious to know what that sensation is like. What happens if we go farther down? Yeah. You know, and really being more mindful in our body is incredible. And I think it's one of the best techniques or tips I could give anyone in terms of their sexuality. Yeah, and that's like you said, anyone. It's yeah. not just women of faith based. No, you know, not because at all. all women struggle with, you know, their day to day, their work life, their mom life, all of these stressors. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes to getting in the bedroom um they can't get wet <laughs> yeah or when you get there and all of a sudden you're like did I just go through my to-do list yeah, <laughs> like, no <fun. laughs> that's not sexy at all not sexy and and you know and I think our partners are so especially men just mm-hmm. in general they're so you know skilled of just letting it all go yeah so they can have their moment you know and we have to get on their level <laughs> totally totally yeah Um, Which is so funny. That really brings me into another point that I always talk about. It really surprises a lot of women who come to my office that pleasure is your responsibility. Yeah. You are responsible for your own orgasm. That's right. And that shocks the shit out of people. (laughs) You know, it's not something we're taught. It's not something we're learned. Um, And, you know, particularly as a female, it's empowering. Oh, yeah. Right? But I have so many women who say, oh, but I just feel like that would really emasculate my partner Mm -hmm. if I were to self-pleasure during intercourse or during a moment of intimacy. And 
that's a great conversation. Well, wow, let's discuss that. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Do you not think your partner would think that was hot as hell? Yes. Like, you know, and let's start giving them some words and vocabulary to use to talk to their partner about why that, you know, they think that would make them feel uncomfortable. And to be honest, nine out of ten times when their partner's in the room and we're having this conversation, their partner's like, yeah, babe, that would be super hot. Because that's what I watch on the pornos. Right. And yeah. that's what they're learning from, which is also ridiculous. Oh, and yeah. Entertainment. <laughs> and there are wonderful things about porn, but it's entertainment. And that's, oh, yeah. at the end of the day, what you have to understand. Unrealistic. Very unrealistic. Shooting, you know, a water over across the room. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> that's not happening on your everyday. Yeah. I never, I, all the women want to know, how do I do this? How do I squirt? Yeah. Not going to happen. Not like that. No, it's technique and... Trust. It's being really vulnerable and loving yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things I say, and it's not probably what most people want to hear, but um, when it really comes to owning your sexuality, it's about being comfortable with yourself. It's about loving every part of you, even the parts that maybe you think are unattractive or are unlovable. Mm -hmm. But it's you. It's what makes you so beautifully you. And nothing can take that from you. Nothing. You know? And so really getting in touch and owning that I have a beautiful pussy and I'm a beautiful person and I have power and I want this. That's And I'm going to go stuff. get it. Yes. And I'm going to, by all means necessary, right? Yes. It's like owning your pleasure. Yeah. You and, need mm-hmm. to know, um, you know, I always say masturbation is fantastic. If you don't know how to turn yourself on, how can you ever Tell let a partner, a partner mm-hmm. you know? And by masturbating and getting to know your body, you're also teaching yourself to love yourself yeah and to love the different parts there's nothing weird there's nothing gross it's really beautiful it's so beautiful yeah um and I think one last point is really I like to have my couples talk about what sex means to them and how they define it okay because most would say oh sex is vaginal penetration Penetration of some kinds, right? Yeah. Um, but it's not. I define sex as connection mm-hmm. and pleasure. It's not orgasm. It's not penetration. Um, sex is about the journey of getting there. Mm-hmm. The process. The process. And enjoying that process. Yeah. And not being orgasm driven. No. Which is not goal driven. Probably, you know. Which is hard for the men to mm-hmm. understand. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And understanding that men aren't supposed to come in three minutes just because they want to. Yeah. It's a shared mutual experience. Yes. Shared mutual experience. It's beautiful. Yeah. And when you think about it, and, you know, um, the other thing, couples sometimes are like, well, what do I do? You know, I always ask, so maybe this is a weird question, but talk me through your intimate moment. How does it start? How does it end? You know, what are some of these routines that you go through? Mm-hmm. And many, I'm shocked at how many don't spend enough time on foreplay oh and how gosh. hot foreplay is and yeah. how that's such an integral part of our arousal system and getting us ready for penetration or whatever it is that you want to engage in. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, yes, you should be kissing more and exploring. And don't jump into right. yeah. the meat of it. Yeah, and as she explains and come as you are, we have all of the same parts as our male counterparts, yes. just organized in different ways. So we have to understand that our little clit has to get hard. Yes. And it takes a little longer. Yeah. It takes about 40 minutes to get a fully aroused clit. Absolutely. So you got to do your thing. And guess what? That's normal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is so normal. Yeah. 
Um, so I love that you brought that up. I absolutely love the book Come As You Are. It is a book that I highly recommend yeah. for any female to read. Mm-hmm. One of her, one of the metaphors that she uses that I think is really beautiful and I actually think is a really great way of also thinking about that sexuality and religious lens is her garden metaphor. Um, yeah, I don't know if you're there yet. Yeah, the I think so. <laughs> <laughs> but she talks about how when we're born, uh, you know, our parents created this garden for us and okay. they planted the seeds that they thought you know, we're going to help us grow to be successful people. And part of that's biology, part of that are values and religion and culture all mixed in. And they tend it for us as we kind of grow. And starting in adolescence, we take a little more control of our garden and we're starting to see what's coming into fruition, maybe what parts have weeds. And as we age and grow, we can decide, wow, my parents maybe planted some seeds that aren't so good, aren't so great for me, <laughs> and maybe they make me feel really inauthentic and are really bothersome, and they're really bothering me in other areas of my life. And you have every right and control to decide. I want to dig up that seed. I want to get rid of these weeds. Mm-hmm. This isn't doing it for me anymore. And plant some new, yes, yes, exactly, or, yeah. And remembering that it's okay but it's gonna take hard work. Mm -hmm. There's always gonna be some residuals, but you can do this. Plant what you want. If you wanna be a more sexually fulfilled woman, plant that seed and water it appropriately. Every seed is gonna need different things for it to be successful. And how awesome to think about it in those sense that at any point in our life, we're allowed to reflect on ourselves and to say, this isn't working for me. This is, mm-hmm. I want more of this. I need less of whatever. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It just <laughs> gave me chills talking about yeah, it. Like I just too. think it's really a beautiful way and a really safe way of talking about different things. Yeah. And changing your life, your yeah. life's, you know, um, worldview, I guess, you know, you have to, um, be okay with mm-hmm. it, you know, and, and we all come from, different childhood backgrounds that were so, like you said, not so great. Yeah. And it's okay. It is. To make those changes. If Absolutely. That's what you do. Yeah. yeah. And I also just want to point out that for those of us who maybe came from trauma, that you can still be a wildly successful, fulfilling sexual life. Mm-hmm. Like your trauma does not have to define you. Mm-hmm. It's going to take some hard work to yeah. get there, but you can do this. And you're capable. And you are totally capable. Yeah. And it is so worth it. Oh my gosh. The other side. Yep. You just have to trust the process. Trust the process. And and that's what I'm learning in this whole, my girlfriend is big on this moon retrograde. Oh yeah. <laughs> and it's retrograding and that's what it's all about. You know, slowing down because I think as a people, we do all want the immediacy and the conclusion and we want it now and everything's now, now, now. And yep. we don't know how to slow down and just yes. trust the process. And so, um, I, you know, even have to be reminded in my day-to-day, too, you know, to slow down and trust the process, but in our sexual lives, especially. Yeah. I agree. So, um, so last note here. So, what would you say to anyone out there struggling with sexuality, spirituality, as we see them together? I know that metaphor that you just said was, like, <laughs> the perfect, <laughs> the perfect last message, but, yeah. you know. Just say that I see you and I hear you and I honor that space 
just know that you are not alone, but it is a really worthwhile journey and I just support you. And I would urge you to reach out to somebody um, who can help you with that. Maybe Molly A. Perhaps me. (laughs) Perhaps you. (laughs) Okay, well, thank you so much for joining us and sharing some of your expertise. We were happy to have you. Oh, this was (laughs) wonderful. Thank you so much, Nikki. Thank you. So until next time, everyone, sex, sex, and more sex. This podcast is sponsored by Same Day STD Testing, the nation's number one STD, STI testing company, offering fast, private, and confidential STI testing nationwide. You can speak to a counselor by calling 844-332-2461. Your sex life, your business. I'll holler at you guys soon. Bye.